0: Dear Heavenly Father, please bless this time that we can spend with each other here at camp meeting for this short time of one hour. I pray that it will be your words that I speak and not mine, and to guide families and young people to choosing the right college that you would like them to be at. I ask this now in your wonderful name. Amen. Amen. So my name is Kayleen Chadwick. And I am the presenter for this seminar today. Um, I formerly was at Andrews University, still very closely tied to Andrews University. I am now a stay-at-home mom, but helped doing camp meeting again this year, which is a lot of fun. So I've met three of you in our time of um, before we get started, but um, Cher, are you a student? My um, name's David. Uh-huh. Okay, great. Right. Yeah, it's a definitely a well worth time and coming to to Michigan Camp Meeting. I know it's definitely the highlight in our family. <laughs> so I'm excited that you're here because one day you will be a parent, and you're still finishing off college. So you're going to get both sides of the spectrum here of getting your foot off on the right start when you are a parent, but being able to finish it um, with what God has in mind um, for you. So over the years, um, I've had a lot of thoughts on what is a good way to prepare for college and where you should go for college. So I've kind of divided the seminar into two parts and focuses on the years that you have before college sorry before high school and then we'll spend a lot of time going through the different steps for high school so the two of you that are in high school at the moment um, you can kind of just take a broad overview and say okay what if I where am I at in all of this going on and what ways do I want to improve the way I'm going to spend my senior year and making the right choice and being in the right place so even if I mention something from that can be happening when you're like yay hi at 5 years old it could still apply to you right now so don't feel like some of the seminar isn't for you it's it's picking you up wherever you're at and as a parent it's whatever age your children are um, and getting on on the right track of of how it is but before i begin the seminar there is one thing that i i do want to make clear that is very strong on my heart is that um we live on this earth just for one purpose, and that purpose is to be ready for God's kingdom. And then the second purpose is to bring as many people with us as we can. Um, so we're, in our lives, we're preparing ourselves for kingdom, getting the education we need to make a living, to share to others, uh, and then we're sharing others, I think the first circle of sharing with others is your immediate family. So whether it's your parents, your brothers, your sisters, or your children. Um, We're getting everyone that we know ready for God's kingdom. So anything that I say in this academic world that I have worked in, it really relates right into that theme of preparing for God's kingdom. So let's dig right on in now to the pre-high school years. (laughs) But I I do want to just mention briefly where I'm from. Um, Born in Australia, raised in England. I've spent nearly half my life now in in the United States, but the accent comes from when you're younger, so that's why it's there. (laughs) Um, My journey to college, when I was beginning to, I was your age, exploring different work experience programs, trying to decide what career I was going to do, I I made the worst possible mistake ever. I just kind of flitted and fluttered, was a crowd follower, I really didn't know how to stand up for myself, and someone was applying for nursing next to me, so I decided to apply for nursing. Come, please come join us. <laughs> um, so I decided I would apply for nursing, did six months and hated it, and all I wanted to do was go back to an Adventist college again. So being raised in, in England, the only option I had was Newball College. So. I looked at the degree programs that Newbold offered. There were about four of them, and one of them was business, so yeah, I became a business major. Um, Total wrong way of how to choose your career that you're going to live with for the rest of your life. Um, Unfortunately, I didn't really do much better as a parent of my first high schooler. She just graduated from Andrews with elementary education. She is looking for her first job having graduated in the public school arena she wants to work at. She's had lots of Aventus offers, but she wants to work in public school. Um, so it, it wasn't any better in that arena. And um, I'm going to use some of those stories as, as I take you through the different steps that you, you should be achieving and doing as you're going through. Um, yeah. So I'm hoping in some small way that as you here will hopefully be able to learn from the mistakes that I made because um, life will be easier if we learn from each other's mistakes. <laughs> they won't happen again. So, I worked at Andrews for three and a half years as the transfer recruiter and the homeschool recruiter. Um, so, I've got su- this is where most of all the things came together, and I, I learned to see what really being a proactive family and parent is out there today. It wasn't what I was for my older daughter. Um, Most kids now are taking, in the public school arena, are taking four to five years to complete high school education. That might seem strange that you're taking an extra year, but that extra year is free community college education. All they leave is their portfolio for their senior year to do and the rest of high school is done they're still registered with high school but they do their last year at community college and they've got a whole year done for free and when you're considering lowering your debt that's quite an appealing thing to do is that only an option if you're in yes no no so um it is it wouldn't be free but it is an option for homeschoolers More and so they're graduating from high school with a high school degree diploma and an associate degree. So the Adventist colleges are beginning to get on this bandwagon and do some things to help. I know, for instance, that GLA here, um, their teachers, a couple of their teachers um, have masters, so they're able to offer a college level class. So if you've got a certain GPA in the class, uh, you can. take it for college credit and high school credit. And we've got a program. I was on the back end of that program. I don't know if you ever filled out those forms in your junior year, but I was the one processing them. Yeah. So I would process them on the other end, and the other people there would be negotiating the deal and everything. So then there were also, we started offering online classes, college classes just for high school students, like English Comp, Pre-Calculus, Calculus, calculus, um, a couple of religion classes, intro intro to psychology, just some very basic beginner level college education that can be balanced in with your high school program. So the Avengers colleges are catching up. That's what I want to say. But that's kind of what it's coming to. And most kids are getting this all for free. So you're graduating from high school with an associate's degree that you got for free. Um, So it's, It's highly competitive out there for Adventist education in the academic arena. But do you really always consider the academic arena in the choices that you make for your own education or your children's education? I want to look today at four building platforms that I believe will give you a good academic start to life, but not just an academic start. all of these different four point starts to life. And I've I've put some Bible verses sporadically through here because there is so much we can learn from the Bible and spirit of prophecy in everything that I'm saying here. And I'm just going to highlight a few because as Proverbs 22 verse 6 says, that if we train up our children in the way we want them to be as adults, then when they're old and an adult, they're not going to depart from it. That's so true for everything I'm going to say here on the emotional and spiritual level. Because if your children or yourself are not fully committed to Christ when they leave to college, it's extremely unlikely they're going to be committed to Christ when they leave, no matter if you go to public or Adventist college. So it starts so early. All of life starts so early. So here's another Bible verse as we launch into the emotional side. And we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are the called according to his purpose. God can work everything together um, if we will only allow him in our lives. So as you consider your life and you reflect back to when you were this small or your children, because that's a little more recent than Myself, I definitely get that now with my youngest being 15. Um, The journey to emotional dependence starts when you're born. Um, There's certain emotional distancing that happens when you're just a baby and when you're a child and when you're a teenager. Um, You wouldn't really expect a baby to make their own bed in the morning or pick up their clothes off the floor. But it is something that you're gradually going to teach your child or you yourself will learn to do gradually. And as you reflect back, you can see that um, I don't go in and check on my 15-year-old every night now to make sure they're breathing properly. <laughs> I mean, that's just not a normal thing for a parent to do of a teenager, <laughs> which I would do every night when she was just born. Um, I had eight years between my two girls. And so I and my older girl um, became mine when she was six, because um, I married her dad, who was a widow. And... So I said to him, I said, why am I in there checking my baby every night in my eight-year-old? I'll tuck her in, and she's done for the night. And my mom said on the phone, well, you just go through different stages. And it's a a gradual emotional breaking of the bond. Um, And it's important that the steps happen in sequence. Um, I'm a foster parent now, so I get kids that it's not happened in the sequence it should. And the emotional turmoil that happens as a result of that um, is not healthy. (laughs) So, um, you know, if our relationship with Christ is right, it's going to happen naturally. We're not even going to think about this preparing emotional bond. Um, But it is important that when you get a teenager, they are able to think and function for themselves. Or you as a teenager aren't constantly calling up mom or dad and, and talking through every decision that you're making. Or we as parents shouldn't be butting in on our children, but should be encouraging them to make their own decisions and bouncing ideas off us. I think bouncing ideas off us is um, important so that we can be there to say, ah, oh, you really think that's a good choice? What about these consequences if you choose that? And you want to be able to have conversations like that before they're at college where they really don't need you. So. Um, it's, it starts at the beginning, and I think I've skipped through a lot there. Yes, so just reflecting on what I've said here, um, before your child or you are ready for college, you need to be able to make well-thought-out logical decisions. So um, a, lo- a well-thought-out logical decision to me for a college a student would be, um, have a test at 8 o'clock in the morning. It's 20% of my final grade. So I don't think I should stay up and party all night. I think I should study this evening and get a good night's sleep and get up ready on time and be ready sitting in that classroom to have a clear mind and think about what that test is going to be. That's also part of knowing how to manage your time. Um, You don't really want to, these are all things that can be learned before you get to college so that you can be successful in college. You want to know how to build friendships. You as a parent want to be able to guide your child or you yourself want to be able to know how to relate to your peers properly and in a a respectful manner before your parents can't keep an eye on you anymore. Kind of all that how to build friendship, it starts right from as soon as you can move and take a toy from someone else. (laughs) That is when the baking friendship is going to start. And be open to newness and able to recognize when you need to ask for help. I think that is one important thing there to be able to do. Um, So, like I said, we want to be able to give our children space to do all these things before they leave home and guide them to independence while you can still be there for them when they fall and they need picking up. Um, Because if they're away at college, they'll fall. You might not know till the end of semester when you say, hey, what sort of grades did you get? Oh, I got all D's and F's. I've seen that a lot, because as a transfer counselor, I'd have the parents begging on the phone to me, please, please let Johnny come to your uh, school. Yes, he did start off bad at XYZ SDA University, but he's gonna do much better now. I know we've had a talk with him and he's gonna be fine. And then they come, maybe they come, maybe they don't come, maybe the high school shows, yes, it was good enough, we can make an exception, and then still fail again. Um, Some of them do learn. After one semester but some still don't and it's a very sad story uh, when they're up doing video games all night and things like that and not able to take um, what's the word I want looking for they're not take they're not able to take charge of their life and, and do the responsible things that the good grades need to get so um, being prepared emotionally is um, no point in going to the right college if you can't cope with it emotionally so it's, it's part of um, choosing the right college. Romans eight and thirty seven 37 to 39 says, For I am persuaded that neither death nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other creative thing shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. You know, the devil is out there to attack That's his one purpose in life. He's going to attack everything. Spiritual warfare is so real. Uh, It's frightening. Um, You think you have, as a parent, you think you have the perfect model child. You think you've been the perfect role model, and everything can fall apart, and your child is doing things that you might not think that you don't think are the right thing to do. It can happen to anybody. It can happen to you guys. You leave college, you think, yes, I've got everything in control. I'm going to be this, I'm going to be that. Um, But spiritual warfare is real. It begins the day you're born, the day you're conceived. You're assigned a good angel and you're assigned a bad angel. (laughs) And they're tussling it out to see who's going to get you. Um, Yes, you have an advantage if you've got committed Christian parents to guide you and train you but if you're not making Jesus that center in your life it's one side of the fence or it's the other side there's nothing down the middle because if you're down the middle you're on the bad side because it just it's a gradual little slope that can go in the wrong direction so uh, the spiritual platform here that we're going to be talking about really it starts from it starts with the parents And believe me, I was not the best role model. I didn't really find Christ until my oldest one was 12 and my youngest one was 4. And it pays its price. definitely pays its price. So you really want to start teaching your child about spiritual things the day they are conceived. I can remember when I was pregnant, the only one in time I've been pregnant with my 15-year-old, I was like, I want her to be musical. Um, I love piano, I love music, my husband's terrible. (laughs) He has no love of music, cannot hear a note. So if we're going to name her Melody, I think she should be musical. So I would sit at the piano every day and play for an hour or two. Um, Today she has some love of music, not as much as me, but she does have some love of music. So, you know, I was teaching her that back then. I hadn't found Christ as my personal savior at that point. I was in the motions of going to church. But um, teaching your child, praying for your child, you as people now going into your senior year, praying about your future is the way to start and praying for what is going on around you to to help your child um, you want to growing up the intellect of a child changes over the years um, going through Beginners, kindergarten, primary Sabbath school, it's learning facts. Um, when you get into the junior Sabbath school, the age of 10 to 12, you're more thinking um, like everything's black and white. But you start to realize there is a black instead of just knowing the white. And you start saying, well, why did that happen? But you, you still don't understand gray. When you get into early teens and youth, everything just starts falling apart. You start challenging everything. And you want answers, and you want them now, and you want to make the world right again. You want to go through all of that before you leave home for college. Um, you need to um, understand God for yourself. Have God. You need to be uh, what Sean Boonstra has been saying, or what Cameron Devash has been saying in the morning about being um, born again, convicted, converted Christian. I truly believe that for a young person to be successful in any college, um, it has to happen before you leave for college. It needs to happen at home. Because as your child or yourself are challenging everything that you've been brought up to believe, you as the parent want to be the one there to answer the questions. Um, Believe me, your parents want that. They want to be there to to answer the questions, because they want you to know what they believe and what they feel and what they think. Um, so this is why I put down here that you need to help your child to think independently independently from you about spiritual things while they're still at home to talk about their concerns through with you. You don't want to be a dictator, because when they get to college, that dictator won't be there, and they won't have learned how to think things through for themselves. Um And you want to be able to talk to your teenager about the challenges that go on in college, whether they're going to a public university or whether they're going to an Adventist university. And we'll get into some of the differences about that too. Um, But above all, you need to be praying continuously because college, I believe, is the devil's last chance to get hold of you. Because I think our brains are getting more cemented in thoughts and beliefs while we're in college than when we get out of college and we start the routine and the pattern of life there is an amazing book called um lost in transition becoming spiritually prepared for college by tommy mcgregor i bought it off amazon it's easier it's uh, you know so like a ten dollar book or something like that from amazon um it has a couple of quotes in there that really jumped out to me while i was reading this book it said that 70 75 percent of all Christian high school seniors drift away from their growth in in their relationship with Jesus within 12 months of graduation. So high school seniors who profess to be born-again Christians, 75% of them have forgotten about that by the time they finish their freshman year in college. And to succeed at this level of life, you have to put to use all that you've learned up to this point. um and then it went in the towards the end of the book it started going into um preparing a personal mission statement now as a business major i learned all about mission statements and stuff that businesses do in order to keep their business focused in the right direction so when i read this about having a personal mission statement i was like that is such a brilliant idea because when you're Um, at home things seem so much clearer and and everything. And I think as a parent, it would be awesome to sit down with our children in the junior, senior year and say to them, what is your aim and your purpose and your mission in life? And let's write it out, type it out on a piece of paper, and let's frame it. And we'll put it up in your bedroom at home, and when you go to college, that is going to go with you, and it's going to be on the wall in your college dormitory as well. So that when you get tempted and that spiritual warfare is going on in your mind as to whose side you're going to be on, you can look at your mission statement and say, well, this is me. This is who I am. So I'm not going to go out and get drunk tonight with the people that are asking me to go out and party with them. I'm going to go to bed and I'm going to get up and go to church in the morning. I think it can really help to focus. And i got a couple of examples here. my mission is to be a true disciple of Jesus Christ, walking the hard road and taking up my cross daily to do so. Or, my mission in life is to serve God by being a beacon of light, a bridge of understanding, a tower of integrity, and a cast of realized dreams. So, um, I, I just, this was a, a big eye opener for me about thinking about giving my child something to focus on when they get to college. So that's just touching on a little bit of what the spiritual side of college life can be like. Um and I'll get into more about choosing between Adventist non-Adventist and and those sort of things when we get into the high school years. So we'll come back and touch on it a little bit more there. Financial preparation is needed. Again, this is something I failed in as I my husband and I prepared for our kids And as they were getting older, we were kind of thinking about ourselves quite selfishly and our goals and dreams and realizing that our older daughter was getting older and older and we really hadn't prepared for what we were going to do. But God did pull through for us, as Philippians 4.19 says, And my God will meet all your needs according to his glorious riches in Jesus Christ. And my daughter did graduate four years, actually five and a half years, uh, later from Andrews University and was there all the way through, through God's grace. Um, so, a couple of things that can be doing is preparing financially. Um, you guys here will be coming in on the tail end of this list, but um, we'll see what we can be doing. So, preparing financially, financial things in life always need planning. They always need preparing way ahead of before an event comes. If you want to be able to do the things you want with money, you've got to make your choices because you can't afford everything in life and that comes through planning. Um, I hope that while you're in high school, you've got a job. You said you did have a job, that's exciting. Um, My daughter works eight hours a week during term time, 23 hours a week during summertime and she's only 15 and I'm proud that she's doing that and learning that responsibility. You can start saving. Parents can save, kids can save. Good rule of thumb is 20% or 10% of earnings can be saving. One way to be able to, to afford extra money for college is to pay off your house mortgage before your kids are ready for college. That's one my husband and I tried to do, but then we decided we'd be self-employed and everything fell apart. Um, so paying off your house mortgage early is a good idea. The one that we did to keep our daughter in Adventist education was Seventh-day Adventist employment. Um, it just worked out that way. What We were living in California when she came to Michigan to be at Andrews, and in the middle, we moved here so that we wouldn't have to pay the halls of residence fees anymore, that we could just live in the community, get jobs in the community, and she could live in the community with us and go to school. It just happened to be that the perfect job for me was Being a recruiter so I did get discounts and stuff so that got us through Um, and teaching kids how to budget and manage their money there are so many different softwares out there today Um, at the moment my 15 year old she's at the stage of just sitting next to me while I do it but she's getting it really quickly I just switched her into a software and she's soon going to be doing it herself because she's been working now for about eight months so that's we've been of training her in with budgeting and managing money in that time because growing up we had no money to give her any pocket money so it's all new to her um so teaching kids how to manage money is quite essential i can remember when i was in college i i worked at kentucky fried chicken my freshman year hated every minute of it but every week i got paid and every week i would go into the cashier at the college and i would pay everything but my tithe over to her. I left the school year with 300 pounds still owing, and my first job, I went in and gave her the money. Um, A couple of years later, she was having a conversation with my mom because they were friends of our family. And she was like, you know, Kayleen came in faithful every week to pay off her bill, and so I never had to worry. Even though she still had a huge amount owing, I knew she'd get there. Then she said, X, Y, and Z student, never giving a name, you know, not the same case. So I'd have to go stand in the cafeteria and find them and look for them. And so I, you know, taking responsibility for the our financial obligations, um, I think is is good stewardship with God. Um, I'll go into some when we go through the high school years. I'm going to go into more a little bit about um, scholarships and external, internal scholarships. Uh, which can also play a a good role in helping you afford whatever college you want to go to. Because having financial preparation does open a lot more opportunities when you're ready for college. You don't want to have to go to community college just because you can't afford to go somewhere else. Um, So having the financial preparation can give you a lot more options of where to choose going to college. So Psalms 119 verse 66 says, teach me good judgment and knowledge, for I have believed thy commandments. Um, just briefly, looking back over elementary school years, um, Ellen White counsels us that school should start about the age of 8, 9, 10, somewhere around there, and I, I believe that personally, that children are ready for school at different ages. I think younger siblings are ready earlier than older siblings just because they watch and copy. Um, But you don't want to push your child into kindergarten too soon. Um, When my daughter was, my younger one was in first grade, there was a little boy in her class who couldn't read yet. Um, He just didn't want to read. So he couldn't do his math because he couldn't read the instructions. And everyone was thinking that he's dumb and stupid, well, he came from very intelligent parents who had wonderful professional careers. I just personally feel he wasn't ready, and he was being labelled that I don't know how long that would continue through his life. um hopefully it won't, but it's a lot of peer pressure in classrooms. <laughs> Um, you always want to encourage your child to do their best. If they're capable of A's, then push them to A's. If they're capable of Bs, then push them to Bs. You don't wanna if they come home with a report card full of D's, you don't wanna say, Well next quarter I expect you to have all A's. Um you, you gotta know your where your child is at and, and push them where they won't feel the stress. Um, monitoring your child's grades is important. As a homeschool mom, that happens automatically. But um, I would hope that your parents log in and check on your grades and ask you about them and talk to you about them. <laughs> Very trusting then, hey? <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I, I realize that being um, from some of the foster kids that I had this last year, I had a kindergartner and I had two seventh graders. And one of my 7th graders was straight A's, and one of my 7th graders was all D's. And I, was, I didn't have him for long enough to be able to improve things, but basically neither of them had parents watching over them or looking after them or encouraging them, or else they wouldn't have been in foster care. And um, the teacher, the kindergarten teacher, was very grateful that all of a sudden her student was doing his homework. He was top of the class, and he'd never done any homework. So much potential that wasn't being challenged and pointed in the right direction. Um, But you also, if your child is at school, you want to be involved in the extracurricular activities. Um, I I did half and half. I did half homeschooling, half schooling. Um, Now that my daughter's in high school, I've been on a couple, I went on a 10 day band tour. She's in Bells, and Band and Bells are together. I went on tour. I learned so much about the friends that she interacts with. So when she comes home and she's talking about people, I know who she's talking about, and I think it makes such a big difference that I could be involved in some part of her life, even if I'm not the teacher at home doing it. Um, That just didn't work for us, because she's like an only child. It just didn't work. Okay, so we're going to launch into preparing academically through the high school years, and this will be more in-depth as we go through, because there's so much that goes on while you're in high school so much i think this is good verse for the beginning year the freshman year the plans of the diligent lead surely to abundance but everyone who is hasty comes only to poverty Uh, always when you try and do things in haste things just go wrong i need to tell you the story now about how my daughter my older one decided on andrews university it's Quite a interesting story. Um, she went to an independent Seventh-day Adventist unaccredited high school for her junior senior year. Um, it was going through transition. It is a much, much better school today. Uh, she didn't have a good experience there, and they she took her PSAT on a fever of 105, 104, something around there. I had no idea what a PSAT meant. She did her ACT on no sleep. They'd gone on a, a trip that weekend, and the girls were all together, and stayed up till 4 or 5 in the morning, and then left or got on the bus and drove down and took the test. And I'm like, I hadn't, when her score came back of 27 composite, I had no idea what that meant. Was it good? Was it bad? You know, she had a 22 in math, a 33 in English. I had no idea what that meant. Now, if you know what those scores mean, 33 is outstanding in English. 22 in math, come on, you could have done better than that. (laughs) But when I consider what she did for math in high school, I was proud of that score. Um, Thankfully, she got the top scholarship, but it was only by coincidence. And I think planning and knowing what all those scores mean and getting into them as a parent is halfway to getting there. I didn't grow up in this country, so I had no idea how college worked. I didn't know when you apply, how you apply. Um, the school she was at did nothing to help her. It was um, it was assumed that she would go on to their college and start pre nursing, um, which she planned to do. You know, she graduated. She was senior class president of four in her grade, um, and she decided that she was going to stay there for college, do pre nursing. And we worked out we could manage that in our budget and everything. Um, I think it was July 4 weekend. She was painting her bedroom, trying to put a brave face on what her future held. And my husband and I, we knew she wasn't happy. But she was putting a brave face. But we never took responsibility of looking up anything for her, helping her. You know, she's 18. She couldn't manage herself. But she's a procrastinator. She doesn't do things like me I'm a planner she's a procrastinator um so July 4 she comes to us and she says well my best friend's going to Andrews University and her best friend's going to Andrews University and I'd really like to go to Andrews University and this is how I can afford it and she'd done all the research she'd been on the website and realized that she got the top scholarship of 10,000 a year which was much bigger than than it is now um And when we looked at the Pell Grant that she would get, because we were low income and our savings that we had, we realized we'd be paying less money for her to go to Andrews than we would for her to stay at home and go to the private, unaccredited college right next door to us. Um, So in the space of six weeks, she applied, and we were driving her there six weeks later to Andrews University. It worked out, but not every case when I worked in admissions that came through the door worked out. Sometimes kids came one point on the ACT from getting a full-ride scholarship or from getting an extra $2,000 every year for four years. So knowing all the information and planning and pushing yourself just one more test, let's just see if I can get up there so that you know you've done your best and you've done everything you can, um, is a much better feeling. So here we go for some planning on how to not take everything by chance at the end. (laughs) So right at the beginning, right when you're starting your freshman year, there's going to be different choices that you want to make. You need to realize where you are academically and make choices according to that. Um, So there's some five different types of diplomas. Starting off with technical vocational. I would imagine students doing these types of diplomas don't want to go to college. They want to do something practical with their life. Maybe they want to go to beauty school or they they want to be a massage therapist or they just want to be um, a waitress or um, a mechanic. You know, they want to start off in some sort of mechanic or um, air conditioning or plumbing or electrical. Technical vocational is going to be more hands-on schooling, more practical, um, less theorizing and date learning and fact learning. The general one is what it says. It's a general one. Um, It won't have as much math, English in it as the uh, later ones. The college prep adds in the extra year of math. It adds in the extra year of English and history, science, and takes you up to a higher standard so that you're ready for the college level classes. Um, Honors prep would be when you're actually starting to do college classes while you're still in high school. So instead of doing your senior year of English, maybe you'll do an AP English class instead, which is um, English Comp 1, so it saves you three credits in college. An international baccalaureate, um, Northern Indiana does these. And I've, I haven't heard of any schools in Michigan that do them yet. But that you can get college credit with these ones. And they're more designed for students who want to study internationally because it's recognized internationally, whereas a high school diploma in this country is not. Um, so if you are if you know there's something international in your background, then that would be a good option to seek out. And the senior classes do transfer in as college credit on those ones. Um, the freshman year does count. <laughs> How did you guys do a freshman year? Is it as good as a junior? Because it all adds up. The GPA, you start forming the GPA that your college acceptance is going to be on freshman year. So the college preparation starts early, the career path starts early, um, because you're you're building the platform that the four years are going to be sitting on. Freshman is a time for exploration and finding your passion, trying out new things, um, and then trying out some new volunteer things. And one of those passions, you never know, it might lead into a career. You can never know where that's going to lead. But as we've said, we want to keep God at the center of all choices. Is the career that you're just dying to do, how is God going to fit into that? Um, Is there a lot of Sabbath work that's involved with it? Um, are there exams you're going to have to take on Sabbath? It's just you want to be able to, you know, are the people that do that career, are they really godly people to be hanging out with for the majority of your life, for the rest of your life? So those are some choices that you need to be considering when you're choosing which career you're going to do. I always highly recommend you stay involved at school, community, and church. Um you want to be a well-rounded person. You don't just want to be an academic genius. So building on from the sophomore, year, from the freshman year as the sophomore, and Philippians three thirteen and 14 says, Brothers, I do not consider that I have made it on my own, but one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind and straining forward to what lies ahead, I press on toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God into Christ Jesus. So we do press on, we do press upwards. Um, We don't want to forget what's been in our past because that is going to guide our choices as we move out to the future. Sophomore is about staying on task, keeping going what you've already had a good start on in the freshman year. You want to make sure that your grades stay up and that the GPA is still as high as you can manage. Um, Take a challenging course or two. Is good to keep your mind active and challenged. In career, in narrowing down what career to do, you can start taking some time in the summer before or after to meet up with a professional or two. Um, my daughter at the moment is considering like engineering or law, forensic, something like that. Um, so I'm after camp mini. I said, well, I'm going to see who I can line you up with to go and spend a day and shadow um, my daughter older one went through three career choices while she was in college costing her an extra year at college costing an extra thirty thousand in dollars which was ten thousand extra in loans that didn't need to be done if she knew for sure that's what she was going to do and so when she changed her, when she made her changed her mind i said well when you come home at christmas you need a job shadow She job shadowed and changed her mind again to teaching. And then I knew in my heart she'd made the right choice then because she'd already done job shadowing back when she was in high school for teaching. So I knew she was going to be okay there. Um, So meeting a pro can really hone down on choices of deciding or understanding what that is. Um, You want to stay involved in the things that you were doing as a freshman. And you want to start doing some research out there. This is all computer internet-based at the moment. And I'll show you some of those tools tomorrow that I've been using for research um, about getting to know what colleges and universities there are out there. Um, And at the same time, we can start learning about what scholarships there are. I mean, if my daughter goes into engineering, I know there's a bunch of women engineering scholarships she can apply for. Because they're trying to encourage more women in engineering so there's loads of external scholarships and I have heard that not very many people really apply for these scholarships so you've got more of a chance than you probably think you do by just filling out an application or writing a paper with the application and I'll show you a couple of websites that you can get to to have a look at these types of scholarships because any scholarship you can get is free money and that's important no, it's not. No, because um, they might not have them for freshman year, but they might have one for sophomore year. Because it, it might take a whole year for the cycle to go through. Every scholarship has a different application date, a different window of when you do it. So you might not have it for freshman, but you've still got three more years to go. So it would definitely be helpful for later on. Yeah, we found the freshman year was a lot easier to manage financially <laughs> than the sophomore year and then it got better after that but um the sophomore year for us was the tough one so putting in a couple of extra scholarships then would help yeah um i believe in the sophomore year you'll want to take the sat or act And some people ask which one should i take well the sat is becoming more of the national standard but if you're a super science-y, then the ACT might work better. Um, the Michigan standard is the SAT now. They've All public schools in Michigan will do the SAT. If you've got a homeschooled child and, like, well, they test on Saturdays, what should I do? I would always recommend, if you're close enough to Andrews or any Adventist University, then you, you should be able, th- through them, to be able to take it on a Sunday. And I know you can do that at Andrews. Or if you're too far, contact your local Adventist school. Right, that's, that's yeah, that's, that's yeah, that's. yeah. So that's what I would. So I had one person up in Maine ask me where, and I was like, "Oh, contact them." So it was only a two-hour drive instead of like a twelve-hour drive back to Andrews. So it can be done. Uh, it's it's harder. You have to figure out where it is and everything, but you can. There are options for Sundays. Mm-hmm. Yes, they do both. I definitely know they do the ACT. I don't remember seeing an SAT score come over when I was a recruiter there, so that'd be something we need to find out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All the Avondale schools are ACT. Nope. well, you no, know they they are SAT as of one year ago. They changed with the new principal. When the new principal came in last school year, she changed it, all the whole system. Um, so she about the stage. Yep. Yep. If you want to do some Sunday testing on SAT, they would have it available. The way they do it at Andrews Academy is in 10th grade, they do the, the 10th grade. No, yeah, 10th, 10th grade is sophomore. Um, they do the PSAT for 10th graders. And then in 11th grade, they'll do the PSAT for 11th graders. And then in the senior year, they'll do the SAT. You can do either. Um, PSAT's not as available sometimes if you're homeschooled, and this was put together for the homeschool one. So you could do either or. You just want some testing to know where your child is at. Um, in the... Um junior year, I suggest the PSAT in the fall, so you can be part of the National Honor Merit Society, which could be a possible 100% scholarship. And in the spring, I recommend the SAT, um, because you can get admitted to college during the summer between your junior and senior years if you have the SAT done. Um, and if you're at an at an Avenger school, you're going to have to push to get the testing done, because... The Adventist academies have now decided we don't really need to do testing and they don't really have a high priority. So I know if the recruiters at Andrews have to call and call and call and say, get them to take the test because we can't make our decisions because no one is taking the test. And the whole admissions decision is based on the test. They put a lot more weight on the test than they do on GPA. So... Um, Like, for instance, my daughter, I mean, the day the test came around, at the last minute, she had a fever, so she didn't do her best. So you want to make sure you're taking it early enough to be able to do your best later on. And also, um, for scholarship-wise at Andrews, and I'm sure other universities do this too because they copy a lot of things they see in the market out there that they learn of, um, they super score the SAT results for scholarships. So let's say the first time you take the SAT, you do really well in your English, and you get a really good score in English, but math was terrible that day. Somehow you had a mental block on math. Well, 60 days later, you're allowed to take it again. So you take it again, and this time, you didn't really study for English because you knew you had a really high score. You just really concentrated studying on math, and math came way up. Then for admission purposes, It's not going to help, but for scholarship purposes, they'll take the two high ones and add them together, and that's what your scholarship is. I've seen some kids go up to full-ride scholarship on that. Um, So it's an important factor to be able to, you know, if you're looking at the scholarship charts on any university you're going to, making sure you're positioning yourself right and allowing yourself time to take it again. Mm -hmm. Yeah. When you're talking to a recruiter, they'll tell you what's, what's going to happen and what it will be, and then it's the um, admissions department, not the recruiting department, but the admissions people that actually punch it into the computer. Um, sophomore year, I mean, meeting a pro and getting to know colleges and university is all part of choosing a major, um, but start choosing a major. It's, it's all looking at options and Making the balloon really wide this sophomore year and junior and senior years, the choices will kind of come down again. So it's kind of like this balloon shaped like this. So it's, it's opening up lots of pools and giving yourself chance to think about a lot of things while you're not too stressed out with school, trying to get everything wrapped up to graduate. Um, I think junior year is like, oh, I'm still in high school. I want to be done. I need to keep going. So I, that's why I thought this verse was quite, was quite appropriate. 2 Chronicles 15, verse 7. But you take courage. Do not let your hands be weak, for your work shall be rewarded. So I think juniors need a lot of encouragement to keep going because the end is an insight, <laughs> but encouragement is needed so that the grades can stay up and everything can still carry on well. So grades matter. They're still important. As I talked about this kind of balloon shape that we've got going here, you start, you want, you're at the peak at the beginning of junior year, and hopefully it's beginning to narrow down by the end of the year. Um, I can remember one particular young lady came into me while I was recruiting at Andrews and said, I want to come to Andrews and do pre-med. I've already started college at the University of Phoenix, but I want to come here and do pre-med. Um, and I, I looked at her, she was my age, like mid-40s, and had Cs and Ds. I was like, oh, you want to do pre-med? So I I let her know softly and gently that you want to keep your options open because if you do a biology degree and you don't score well in the MCAT, you're not going, and what are you going to do with your degree? And I sent it to a few other people on campus as well and she's now really excitedly doing a biology major and and wants to be something much more simpler at the end of it. Um, So that was part of my job, was helping students when they came to talk to me match up correctly with what their grades were saying. So you want to aim high, but you need to be realistic at the same time. Um, A lot of students come to Andrews declaring to be pre-physical therapy majors, and then after one class semester, they change. Um, actually, if you come and declare that major and you maintain a GPA of 3.5, you're guaranteed a place in the graduate program, and it is extremely hard to get into graduate physical therapy school. Um, unfortunately, most of them drop out and change because they can't maintain that GPA. Um, they don't realize how hard it is to keep a GPA of 3.5 in sciences. <laughs> um, so you got to... Know what your goals are and and aim high, but you've got to have a fallback plan, I think, too, or be prepared to put the extra effort in and not party as much and study more, maybe. It's choices. Um, You want to be able to compare your colleges. So you're going to start narrowing down your choices and comparing. Um, a lot of times when students would come to, prospective students would come and visit with me, they'd have half an hour, one-on-one, come and sit down with me in the office and we'd go through the whole application process and how it worked and everything. And I would say, and do you have any questions? No. <laughs> so when you do, I've listed a whole bunch of, of questions here, um, that I get asked by onesie-twosie type people, um... But if you have all of those, you're going to get a lot of good answers from your recruiter. I mean, they might cover all of these while they're talking to you, um, but who knows? Um, I think one good question is, why should I choose your college? You want the recruiter to work hard for you, to sell you their college. Um, You want to know that the program that you're going into is going to be the right one for you. So you want to learn more about that program. you want to learn every single detail you can about that program. You want to know why that particular university stands out from the crowd. Um, I I have to say the most common question I would get asked at Andrews University was, what makes you and Southern different? Uh, That was my number one top question. And I'm going to say it um, because it it can help you choose where you want to go. Um, Spiritually, I would say they're the same. Any Adventist college is the same. You're going to find the type of crowd you want, at that university. If your heart is centered on Christ, you're going to find like-minded hearts. Um, so you have to look at other things other than religion and making your choice, I believe. So, And then I would just go on to list the differences that I know of. Andrews is multicultural. Southern is very much focused on their union and, the, and they pick up from their union. Andrews is worldwide. It's a, the global nation the global church for the Seventh-day Adventist church. So we get people coming from all over the world. It's a multicultural melting pot. And that's what our society is today. So that's why uh, it might be a good fit. If you are going to have a career that's going to touch worldwide, then it would be good to get to learn to know how to get along with these other nationalities. Um, and I would talk about some of the academics success of Andrews as well because their honors program is unique and special and very good. Um, their statistics of getting people into programs, graduate studies, and job placement is all very high. Whatever Andrews does, they do it well. But I don't know that side of Southern of what I just said there, because I didn't work for them. So you want to ask these questions, and you want to hear what they're saying to know what is a good fit and what is good for you. Student-teacher ratio can be an important factor. I had a number of students transfer into Andrews just because they couldn't cope with 500 kids at a public university. They did awesome in high school. The grades were wonderful. And then all of a sudden in college, they went plummeting down just because they couldn't cope with the large classes. They needed that personal one-on-one attention, which at Andrews they could get. The ratio is running anywhere between 11, 12, 13 to one at the moment. Um, Some programs are more than others. There are some smaller programs Like nursing, that has a $19,000 scholarship a year at the moment because it's trying to be built back up. So, um, yeah, new management came in and it's a revamped program they're trying to build back up. Um, How many students are involved with research? If you, as a student, are really wanting to go on to law or other programs, a graduate study, you want research at undergraduate. So, if you're going to a really large public university, you're not going to get those opportunities that you'll get um, at a, the advent of smaller schools. What is your graduation retention rate? That's really that's helps you understand if the students like the professors that they're being taught at or if the programs are up to what you need it to be, because if they come freshman year and they're satisfied, they're going to stay right through to the end. Um, And what resources do you have to help me succeed? If you've got dyslexia, you know, if you got something that's going to help me, if you've got a fear of taking tests, are you going to allow me to sit in the teacher's office while I take a test so that I don't have all the other kids staring at me? I I know a lot of students that have to have that because they've got this fear of taking tests. Um, I'm blind. Can you accommodate that? Just all sorts of what resources are out there. If you're going into a halls of residence situation and you've got food allergies, you want to know they can cook for you um andrews is gluten free friendly i'm gluten free I've eaten there, so I've tested that out and you have to wait longer, but they do have options there for allergies so in the junior year in the spring, you want to start narrowing down your choices um because you can't visit a whole multitude. You know what it's like. School year gets busy. It's really hard to get out there and go visit colleges once the school year starts. So, you know, summer year, summer between junior and senior year could be a good time to visit colleges. The spring, year, spring semester of junior is also another good time to start the visits. And just leave one or two off for the fall if you need to. Because senior year, there's a lot of pressures on that senior year. I think that when you go and visit the three to six colleges that are a good number to look at before they all get confused into a melting pot together, um, you want to present yourself well just because you want to make a good impression. You want the school to make a good impression on you and you want to make a good impression on the school. You never know what scholarship there might be up your sleeve if you need it. You never know, my daughter got one of those. That was a very big surprise that got her through at the end. You want to start looking at those external scholarships and keep yourself involved in the community because you never know, with one of those involvements, you might discover a whole new career. Um, But life is also about thinking about others. Here again, I've got one slide talking about what I was saying with the PSAT and the SAT, ACT. So I think we've already covered that slide. And before we start the senior year, I'm going to leave it there for today because we're out of time. So um, I'm going to have closing prayer. And if you've got any questions, then we can do that afterwards. But we'll wrap up on time here um, and make sure the next seminar can get into the room on time. Okay, so shall we bow our heads for prayer? Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for the walk that we've had through um, choosing the right college and choosing you for our lives. Help us to be able to think about these things as we um, contemplate them tonight and come to the seminar tomorrow. Help us to be able to be able to talk it out tomorrow with lots and lots of questions and um, to learn what is what your purpose is for our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. This media was brought to you by Audioverse